Welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. This week's episode is a mentor moment where we pull a question from our community. And today's question is this, investing feels complicated and there's a lot of uncertainty around how to start and what to do. How do you know when it's the right time and the right amount to start investing? Well, here to help me answer this question is my J.P. Morgan colleague, Ileana Tormina. Ileana is the head of women and investing at J.P. Morgan Wealth Management. Ileana, thank you so much for joining us and for providing your insight on this topic. I'm going to kick it over to you. How would you answer that question? Thank you for having me, Sam. It's a really good question. Investing definitely can feel complicated. I would say before you start investing, you want to do a little check-in on your personal finances. There are three key things you want to consider. First, create a budget and determine how much you want to save and invest after you cover your expenses. Second, pay off high interest debt, for example, credit card debt. And third, build your rainy day fund, which could be three to six months worth of expenses in a savings account to keep you covered in case of emergencies. Once you've established a healthy foundation for your personal finances, then you should understand the different ways that you can invest. A popular goal for long-term investing is investing for retirement, and retirement accounts are often how investors get started. If your employer offers a retirement account, such as a 401k, you should consider taking advantage of it. You contribute a percent or dollar amount of your paycheck directly into the investment account, and there are tax advantages you could benefit from. Many companies will even match your contribution up to a certain amount. And if you're able to do it, you should consider contributing up to that company match because that's free money that your employer is adding to your account to be invested. If your employer doesn't offer another type of retirement plan, you can consider investing in an IRA or individual retirement account. Whether you invest in a 401k or an IRA, it's important for you to know that if you withdraw funds before a certain age, you can be subject to an early withdrawal penalty. Now, outside of investing for retirement, if you have money left over, you can consider investing in a brokerage or managed account. These can be easy to set up. You can do it yourself online, and most brokerage firms don't require any minimums. So you could start investing with $50, for example, depending on the account. What's key here is to consider investing regularly and staying invested. Now, Sam, that was the long answer, but really the short answer is, once you've established good financial habits, you should consider taking that first step. Consider focusing more on the consistency of your contributions over the amount, no matter how small it is, so that you can start having your money work for you. And it's important to always remember that investing does involve market risk, including possible loss of principal, and there's no guarantee that investment objectives will be achieved. Thank you so much for that, Ileana. I think that was such a great breakdown of how to think through things really carefully and strategically for someone who, even if you're not just starting out, maybe if you're further ahead, it really is all a great reminder. I'm curious, is there any piece of financial advice that you wish you had known earlier, or is there anything different that you would have done in your own investment journey? I'd say looking back, I wish I understood the benefits to investing early and consistently, even with just a small amount. I'll give you an example to put it into perspective. A 25-year-old college graduate invests $100 a month in a tax-deferred account and earns 12% annual return. When that person retires at age 65, their investment can be worth just over a million dollars. If that same person were to start investing $100 per month at age 35 instead, 
they can only have around 300,000 by the time they reach 65. Those 10 years could cost them $700,000. For me in particular, I've always been pretty good at budgeting and saving, and I was able to start building a cushion really early on once I started working. But like many women, I felt like I really needed a lot of savings and I needed to be in a really good place before starting to invest. And looking back, I should have started earlier and in particular contributed more of my paycheck to my 401k. That is such great advice. And the math is really stunning. Please do start early. And if you haven't started early, try to catch up and do whatever you can now. Do you think that your sense of not investing as early, is that common to women? Do you think there's anything that women do that might be different from men when it comes to investing? Great question. I believe that there are differences between men and women when it comes to investing, but also a lot of myths out there around gender differences. I'll discuss two myths and one truth. The first myth is that women invest less than men. While women do have different life journeys than men, they tend to live longer, they're more likely to take career breaks for caregiving, and they tend to earn less than men. And due to the gender income gap, women may have less money to invest than men. Actually, what we see with our clients against this myth is that women invest just as much of their total assets as men. So here, it's not actually true that women invest less than men. The second myth I have for you is that women are less knowledgeable when it comes to investing. Women are highly educated. They are the majority earners of undergraduate, master's, and doctorate degrees. But there are a lot of studies that say women are less knowledgeable when it comes to investing. Here, I think it might have to do with women's confidence in their knowledge. When men and women are asked to rate themselves, women will tend to rank themselves lower, not necessarily because they know less, but because they have high expectations and high standards for themselves. In my opinion, women are as knowledgeable as men, but might just rate themselves as less confident because they are more critical of their own investment knowledge. Now, two myths. Now let's discuss a truth. Women do tend to be more cautious and take less risk with their investment portfolio. And we saw this in our JP Morgan Wealth Management Diverse Investor Study. This can affect their ability to reach their long-term goals, especially when they already might earn less and tend to live longer as we discussed before, which means they will need more money for retirement. But being more cautious is not necessarily bad. Women tend to take more time educating themselves on potential investments before jumping on a trendy opportunity. They tend to make less speculative investments, to trade less often, and to stick to long-term goals. As a result, a study from Warwick Business School showed that women outperformed men by an average of 1.8% over a three-year period. If this pattern were to continue for 30 years, the average woman could end up with a portfolio worth 25% more than the average man, which is huge. To recap, women don't really invest less than men, and they're not less knowledgeable about investing. They can be seen as more cautious, but as I said, that's not always a bad thing. It could be helpful for women to consider investing early, no matter how small, and to keep investing over the long term so that their money can start working for them. Thank you so much for all this great advice, Ileana. We really appreciate your being here. I know our listeners will take these things to heart and I continue the best wishes as you go forward and help educate our community. Thank you, Sam. I'm thrilled to be here.
I really appreciate Ileana's advice. It is a great reminder to take advantage of products either at your employer or in the marketplace and to start investing as early as possible. The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. To learn more about Women on the Move and listen to the full library of this podcast, please visit jpmorganchase.com slash W-O-T-M. For JPMorgan Chase's Women on the Move, I'm Sam Saperstein. JPMorgan Chase Bank, N.A., member FDIC.